Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Our lesson today is a study of worship, part two, by Scott Roberts. We hope that you enjoy the lesson, and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. Back at this time, and boy, you want to talk about the covering. We, you read 
this last paragraph I wrote here on, on your little pamphlet here that many of these liberal churches today say, well, the covering was just the traditions and the customs of that time and went away. I want anyone to tell me what commandment that God has given us in the New Testament went away because the traditions or the customs of that time. The covering is of the headship. It is of the authority that God is over Christ. Christ is over uh, uh, man and man is over the woman and when a woman removes that covering she is removing that side of her authority and she is dishonoring her head the man it's very simple but all these liberal places and even these liberal congregations say well that was a, a custom at the time it wasn't a custom of the Jews to for the woman to be covered and the man to be uncovered because the, the Jewish men today they wear the covering even today and they just don't want to do it. They think that God doesn't care about the covering or the headship. Boy, He sure does. And beloved, the, the verses where Paul said, let your women wear modest apparel. And there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where it says a woman, it's as if she were, were, were shaven, uh, or shorn or shaven, if, if she removes that covering. These verses, beloved, are going to read the same on the day of judgment as they do now. They don't change. With the times that we see today. Preaching. Let us preach the whole gospel. And what the Bible says. The Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 24. And when he had given thanks. He broke it and said. Uh, this is my body. Which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. When we partake of the Lord's Supper. We are showing forth Christ's death. Until he comes. We proclaim, now listen to this, we proclaim His death to be our life. This is so important when we partake of the Lord's Supper. And of course, we, uh, we show forth His death, and Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me, and do this until it comes. So the next few minutes here, we'll conclude maybe another 15 minutes or so. True worship. True worship is an encounter with the living God. Do we realize when we come in here to worship that we are coming to bow down before God? Will He accept our worship? Will He accept our hearts? Will He accept the love and devotion that we have? So we've already covered the truth, but it is also a spiritual offering. Praising God, making an offering to God, expressing our love to God. Reflecting our devotion to God and ascribing the true worth of God. He is truly everything to us. True worship, in other words, is defined by the priority we place on God who is in our lives and where God is first and foremost in our life. Not only is He the most important thing or the most important one in our life, but there would be no life or reason to live if we couldn't worship True worship is also a response to moving in God's direction. The problem in the world today is people want to be entertained. They want something for themselves. They want activity. They want uh, something like it's some kind of a show to be entertained. But worship is about God. It's about recognizing who God is, His attributes, His power. We worship because He is God alone and He is worth everything and we will always acknowledge that He is the supreme sovereign ruler of the universe. 
In response, in responding to God, worship is also making an offering to God. Have we offered our heart? Have we offered our life? Does he look upon our heart and know that living that good, strong, Christian life is everything to us? Jesus Christ living in our hearts by faith. It is giving him something he deserves, whether praise, thanks, adoration, and offering. When we worship God, we respond to him by offering him what he has allowed us freely and truly to give. We can put our heart and our devotion in anything. People in the world love themselves. They love their career. They love their possessions. Uh, but we truly love God and put him first. Our ability to make these offerings depends upon God's initiative, not to mention the help of His Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the avenue or the channel that we can direct that love. He teaches us what to preach. He teaches us what to pray, how to pray. He, this Holy Spirit teaches us how to love God and how to love each other. We worship God because He is God. True worship is a manner of the heart expressed through a lifestyle of holiness. When we glorify God, we worship God. We worship God in our prayers when we thank Him for giving us every single thing. The Bible says to be thankful in everything. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Worship means to give honor, homage, reverence, respect, adoration, praise, or glory to our God. God demands worship because He and He alone is worthy of our worship. You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For our God created all things through Jesus Christ. And you will always have all of our affection in our worship. The New Testament word worship is actually translated to fall down before or to bow down. And we must have complete reverence when we worship God. So worship, once again, the reason I wanted to go over some of my notes I have on this, and everything I'm, I'm covering here is, uh, is covered in that flyer, is so important because it truly shows all of our heart and all of our devotion that we will be judged on how we are worshiped. Let's not put ourselves first. Let's spend just a few minutes here, the next maybe 10 minutes or so, let's look at the Lord's Supper. And we won't have time to look at all five parts of worship, but let's look at the Lord's Supper here. First of all, very familiar verses. Let's just go ahead and begin uh, the part, uh, the last part lesson here on the Lord's Supper. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 26, in verses 26 through 30. We are not only communing, communing with Christ, but we are also communing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are family. We worship God together, and communion is a memorial, it is sacred, and it is remembering Jesus Christ. I believe we will remember Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for us for eternity. Matthew 26, starting in verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and break it. And He said unto the disciples, and He said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with, with you in my Father's kingdom. 
Also, Paul was reminding the Corinthians that had, were trying to turn the Lord's Supper into a common meal, and they were not realizing how sacred this was to remember Jesus Christ and because of what He had done, that we can now be sons of God, that we're, we can now be children of God through Jesus Christ. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29, tells us how sacred, how important, how reverent of an attitude that we must have when we partake of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And listen to this. This do in remembrance of me. We need to remember Jesus Christ in this memorial. We need to remember His sacrifice when we pray, when we talk to people, when we live a holy life, that our life has become a proclamation of sharing not just Jesus Christ, but what He has done by what we say, what we do, that we are always reminding ourselves and reminding others of the gift of Jesus Christ. Verse 25. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup in the New Testament, in my blood, this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. We had better be worthy. Verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this cup and drink of this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the blood of, uh, body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat that bread and drink of the cup. So the, the examination, of course, is two parts. First of all, we need to do it in an orderly way. We need to do it uh, according to the Scriptures, according to the New Testament, using uh, the fruit of the vine and the unleavened bread. But also, it is an examination of our heart. And we must solely look back upon the cross and realize that Jesus Christ suffered and He died and all of the pain and the agony, He did all this for us and He descended into Hades and of course He was resurrected and, and ascended back to heaven through His death, burial, uh, resurrection and ascension back to heaven. We go through the same process when we are baptized into Christ. We, we die, uh, we are buried uh, in, in His death and we rise up uh, a new creature. So we go through this same uh, uh, scenario when we're buried in the water gate of baptism. Uh, we are baptized into Christ, into His death, and our sins are washed away. But the Lord's Supper, what a sacred and important and reverent memorial. It's not a time to be thinking about what's going to happen later today. It's not to be thinking about anything personally. It's just like when we're at a funeral that we realize that Jesus Christ has given us everything and now we can be adopted sons of God. Jesus commanded the apostles to go and teach all nations, baptizing them who obey the gospel in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them all things as He has commanded them. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, For as I have received of the Lord, which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks and break it, and said, Take ye, 
This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is of the New Testament in my blood. This do as ye often do drink it uh, in remembrance of me. This is the only feast listed in the New Testament that is done uh, according in remembrance of Jesus Christ. In this act, we have communion with Christ. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 16. As the communion is passed to each individual in the assembly, we each must examine ourselves. Are we worthy of the body and blood of Christ? What is, it, or when we partake of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper is such a sacred and reverent occasion to remember Jesus Christ, and this is part of our worship. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we commemorate and celebrate His glorious condescension from heaven. He gave up the glory of heaven to come down here and become, He went from the Son of God to the Son of Man so that He could give us eternal life. We accept His grace, and He also gave us redemption. You know what redemption is? If I were a slave, and there would be a price that would be on my head. I would be a, um, if you would be a really good slave uh, and, and had a lot of uh, uh, jobs, a lot of abilities, you might be worth $500. And maybe if you were like me and didn't, did, couldn't do much, uh, maybe a $100 slave. Maybe I wouldn't be as valuable as another slave. But there would be a price affiliated with that slave. Redemption is the price paid that that, that, that we were free from that bondage. You see, sin was on our back. We were, a, we were in sin. That redemption, that price was paid. That met, that grace met God's requirements for us to be free. So now, instead of being, we're still a slave, beloved. Instead of being a slave to mankind or a slave to our own lust, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Now we are God's own and we serve Him night and day. But that redemption has been paid. We've been freed from sin and through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we remember that redemption has been paid. How? By the blood of Christ. We are saved by grace and not by works. Nothing that what we have done, but what He has done. You see, we have been paid for. So we are now His servants. So we now do His will and His purpose. Redemption is the price paid to free us from being a slave to sin. We are now freed from sin. God has paid the price through the blood of Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's nothing that we have earned. He paid it all. So because of this, we are now the children of God for eternity. You see there in Revelation chapter 7, it says they serve Him day and night. There's never a time we're not serving God. There's never a time we're not glorifying God. There's never a time we're not worshiping God. So now, in the Lord's Supper, we declare His death to be our life. His death, remembering His death, is now our life and reason for living. Glorifying God and sharing the redemption of Jesus Christ, the glory of Jesus Christ. Share it with everyone. Let it be known. Let everyone know the hope that is within our hearts. We declare His life or His death to be our life. He died 
so we can live. So now we are proclaiming and sharing his death and sacrifice to others that they can obey the gospel plan of salvation and be part of the same liberty and grace that we experience. Living for Jesus Christ, declaring his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension back to heaven, he is now our high priest, mediator, king of kings, the head of the church. We reign with Christ because we acknowledge Jesus Christ to be our king, our ruler, and our high priest. And he is also our mediator on the right-hand side of God that our little prayers continuously go into the portals of heaven because of the Son of God is now a mediator uh, to his Father. We are now a member of the Church of Christ. To live for Christ and to die as gain is what Paul said. To live for Christ on earth every day we are alive. We declare his death to be our life reason to live. We glorify God even when we partake of the Lord's Supper. But don't partake of it unworthily. How on earth could we approach his throne of grace, his throne of mercy? And the Bible says we can do it boldly. That's not arrogance, but that's confidence. We can do it with confidence. We can now be a faithful child of God. We declare our Lord to be the genesis and the spring of our entire life, being the source of all our joy and comfort and peace and hope that we all have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We show forth his death and spread it before God as our accepted sacrifice and atonement and our ransom payment before the throne of mercy and grace. So we don't approach the throne of God's, uh, God's throne of grace and mercy on our own, on our own terms, but we do it with Jesus Christ. We're family. We're coming together. We pray together. We worship together. We are all in this together. And we remember Jesus Christ together. We have communion with our Lord. We remember His mercy and grace. This is our comfort and quickening of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. He draws us to worship. He reminds us to remember the Holy Scripture, which we're able to make man wise unto salvation. We glorify God and we remember Christ together through this Holy Communion. By this very service that we are faithful children of God, by the gift and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we are lifelong and eternal disciples, followers of Christ. And just as He rose to heaven, we also can be resurrected and be in heaven someday. The Lord's Supper and also worship. So we'll conclude our sermon there. Uh, you're welcome to read the little booklet. And I just uh, went through some notes here, but I wanted to focus on today on how important the Lord's Supper was, the five acts of worship, and how we just sat down and thought, you know, how can we improve our worship? You know, we, we can't add anything to the New Testament on what the Bible instructs us on authorized worship. But you know what? We can prepare ourselves for worship. We can put aside all other thoughts when we come into this assembly. We can love God and love our brother and sister in Christ because Jesus said if we do it unto one of one of those close to us, we've done it unto Him. You know, if we don't do it to another saint. We must love one another. We must encourage one another. And in increasing just one brother or sister in the church, we have increased His kingdom. But this is a sacred uh, part of worship in our reverence to the Lord's Supper. And once again, we've declared His 
death would be our life. We sing and make melody in our heart, and it is a channeling of our emotions that He will look upon our hearts and it will be a happy singing. It will be a thankful singing. And we will just sing with all of our hearts that He will accept us into heaven if we will live according to His terms, a life of holiness as God's sanctified nation. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye holy. We're not to live like the rest of the world. We're not to let all of the world's compromise and sin into the church or into our life. You are a holy people. You are special. And our worship is special. And what more important thing could we do than to come into the house of God and to bow down and to worship Him with all of our heart. If you're in the audience and you have not started worshiping God yet and you want to come, come to God and come before the throne and to His terms and start that journey of living a life of a Christian. You've heard the gospel preached. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In Acts 22 and verse 16, we're told that now why tarryest thou arise and be baptized, washing away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Once you come forward and repenting of sins, making that confession, yes, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, be baptized in that water grave of baptism, be baptized into, into Christ, into his death. And the Bible says that we rise up a new creature. You're still the same per, uh, person. But now you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. We don't live for sin. We don't live for self. Now we live for Jesus Christ. And you know, the beautiful thing about the church, and this is that we still have a good number here, that everyone has a place in the church. You are just as important as everyone else. We need you. We just lost Sister Johnson. And... Boy, you, 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 we sure miss her. You know, it's, it, the church isn't the same when we lose just one precious soul. But we have to accept that we all have a limited time. We're truly in the last days. But everyone in this congregation, we need you. We need your love. We need your worship. We need your example. And we're talking about these beautiful young, young kids. They're starting out their lives. And then they're, they're into all these great activities and they're just wonderful they're just so precious they're just wonderful but what better example could we be than to be a holy christian life setting our example for the next generation and let's give it all let's do everything we can then to come before the throne of god and worship him in spirit and truth won't we give jesus christ all take those steps if you're willing to obey today and if you're in the audience and you need the prayers of the church if you need forgiveness if you, uh, Brother Barbara at, uh, at Baltimore, she had not committed a sin, but she just wanted the whole church to pray over her. And she came forward in tears, and we, we, we prayed for her, just all that we could with all of our hearts. If you need any anything uh, pertaining to God at this time, let us help you, let us assist you. Please come as we stand and sing this song. There's a stranger.